your favorite NHL podcast with your host. My name is Greg, and that is Nathan Frank. Hey, bud. If it's your first time listening, this is the Plus Minus Podcast, where we tell great stories, we catch up, we we don't really dive too deep into the analytics because there are people better suited for that, but we do tell some great stories. Frank, how are you? We don't know much, Greg, but we we uh, are so good. We know so much about sports that we fool some people. We're just really good podcasters. We don't know much, but we pretend like we do. <laughs> Greg, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. I'm living on the left coast. I walk to work. I don't drive. I have a small carbon footprint. How are you doing? Yeah, I would say the left coast is kind of a cool name for that, Frank, because I'm sure there's a lot of left-wing people out there living on the left coast. The last time we chatted and did a podcast feels like five years ago now. It was it was a long time ago. I think it was in the playoffs. Nashville Predators were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who? It was the year the Nashville Predators. I'm kidding. The we Pittsburgh know who they Penguins. are. And that was the year 2017. You think we see that again? It's been almost a year. Uh, No, I think Pittsburgh is definitely. They're just luck. Their luck's gonna run out. They last year. We were just talking about this before we came on air. I think it was us. We were talking about how Ottawa took Pittsburgh to Game Seven in overtime. Isn't that crazy? The Ottawa Senators. They're not even a playoff team. They're a lottery team now, and they almost made the Cup final last year. It's all you need is one more break to go the other way. Pittsburgh doesn't have two cups in a row You're this year this year it's going to be someone else i think nashville this is what my gut's saying nashville oh if, if they can actually get by colorado they're not going to get by winnipeg do you hear what you're saying nashville. right now nashville's going to win the cup if they can quote get by colorado who almost has no business being in the playoffs frank i didn't say nashville's gonna win the cup i said nashville's gonna lose to winnipeg are you listening at all oh i thought you said that you can see the nashville being in the cup final again that's not what i said oh Man, I just I just assume that I know who you are and what you're going to say. No, I don't. I I think that Winnipeg is going to beat Nashville if Nashville gets by Colorado. Uh, Pittsburgh. I, I, I was saying Pittsburgh is uh, not going to get get to the Cup final. They're going to run into Tampa. Like I think if they play if they play play Washington in the second round, I think that Washington will lose. But yes, they're not going to get by Tampa in the East final. Okay, so we're getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit. I want to introduce you to the audience. If this is your first time listening to the Plus Minus Podcast, and for most of you it's going to be, this is Nathan Frank. Now, Nathan is one of the smartest hockey listeners, speakers, researchers I have ever met in my entire life. Now, he says a lot of zany things, a lot of zany things. But at the end of the day, if you get him to write it down, he's usually right nine times out of ten. Is that right, Frank? No, I'm not that bright, and uh, but here's one thing: I I do have a really good memory for sports stats. Right, like let's, uh, let's give us a, a weird sports stat that you know. Uh, well, I think I was thinking about one on my way up here. I was thinking about who played in the Cup final in 2001. Well, it was the Colorado Avalanche playing against the um, who was it? Hey, who Red was Wings? it they played? I was I was thinking about Jersey. That up uh, the Ducks? I was thinking I, I was know. thinking about how Mario Lemieux. Played against the New Jersey Devils in 2001. So I think the Devils played in 2001, lost to Colorado. In 2000, they played against. No, that that's not right either. There it is. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, this I'm is Nathan it. Frank. I'm losing it. This is Nathan Frank in a jar right here. Nathan Frank used to be a Canucks fan. Frank, where are you now on the Canucks bandwagon? Now that they actually have some sort of uh, plan. Yeah, I thought you sold out. Together. I thought you're not around there anymore. 
I never sold out. I was watching some Oilers. Oh, and, right. And That's what happened. You moved to the Oilers, which is which is a terrible investment with your time. The the Canucks just had no direction there for a number of years. It was just meaningless. Speaking I of no direction. I was depressed, so then I watched a little bit of Connor McDavid action. Well, are you a big fan of One Direction? I don't think I know one of their songs. Because one, the only direction the Oilers are going right now is down, as far as I'm concerned. They're going to run into cap trouble. They're a waste of space. Well, Peter Shirelli is is a waste of space. How many bad trades can a GM make? The best thing about life? Peter Shirelli that I love, especially this year, is their need for scoring wingers. Is what he was quoted saying, like, we need scoring wingers. Well, guess what, Peter? You, you traded away them. Jordan Everly and a potential NHL MVP in the name Taylor Hall. You screwed that up, bud. I'm listening to you, Greg, but I'm still thinking about how the fact you put me on the spot and I, to show off my, my knowledge, how I remember things, and I couldn't even remember the details of the early 2000s. Hey, it's Cup fine. Finalists. It's fine. We're all friends here, right? I think they, get, they a, get the point. It'd be a fun way for me to introduce you, and now you get to introduce me to the first-time listeners. Well, uh, Greg... Is uh, he's the one word that you need to know about Greg is viral. He's gone viral, and the second two words you need to know he's Regina famous. <laughs> right, Greg? Crickets, the Frank. Third, crickets. The, the third thing you need to know is he likes the flower. He met the flower, and I want to know all about it. I haven't heard anything about it. How is the flower in person? Have we not big- talked since I've been back from Vegas? No, I want to know about the chiclets and uh, everything else that has to do with the flower. Okay, let's get into this. So, I mean, if you're if you're new to this, uh, I I have this this side thing that called Justin and Greg. It's a content show, and we kind of squirreled our way into getting NHL media passes to the Vegas Golden Knights back in February. We flew down there and it, watched them. Go ahead. It just felt like I should have been there with you. Let's be honest with you. Yeah, and you know what, Frank? You and I worked really hard, and I think we would have had a lot of fun. The gap, the gap is if you and I went there. Yeah. One, neither of us could record it, so it's well, like it never happened. And two, I think, we could have we could have got your friend to record it. And I, I think we would have panicked. <laughs> I mean, you have more I, composure in that room than I do. Definitely. No, no, you were you were there. You didn't panic. Oh, I. You should have felt my heartbeat, man. Like my Apple Watch was just like going through the rings because I had no idea what I was doing. Like it was a dream come true. So. I'll, I'll jump into the story. So we, we've squirreled our way uh, through asking for, for contacts for the Golden Knights. We wanted to interview their Twitter guy because if you're on social media and you see the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter, sarcastic, funny, uh, biting. Not in the same way that the, the Kings is. Like the Kings Twitter feed is it's aggressive and shameless. But I like I liked Vegas. And they were getting a lot of attention. So I thought, you know what? Let's try to interview this guy. And then we did it. And sure enough – a lot of things rolled into one where we, we interviewed the premier of Saskatchewan and asked him about the Vegas Golden Knights. And we kind of turned it into a thing where we could actually ask Vegas and say, hey, we're coming down to visit you guys. Is there anything you can do for us? Now, I'm two, afraid- com- two comments to interrupt you. One, um, the L.A. Twitter guy sounds a lot like me, biting and sarcastic, you said, or something. Yeah. And secondly, it's too bad that the premier was Scott Moe, whom, whom no one knows who that is. And it's kind of a like it's. Is he a part of the Simpsons? It would have been better if you could have just got that, you know, like six months earlier so you could have had Brad Wall on the show. Now continue. No, Brad's cool, but I, I actually really enjoyed interviewing someone that I actually didn't know very well at all. You know, I have opinions mm-hmm. of Brad Wall and, and expectations of him, but when Mo walked into our basement studio, I thought, you know what? I don't actually know this guy. So having him for 20 minutes and allowing him to call us 
Scotty too haughty and admitting to socks and sandals and things like that. I actually really enjoyed it. So, anyways, we, we emailed Vegas, and, and lo and behold, I'm a praying man. The, the CMO, the chief marketing officer of the Vegas Golden Knights, he loved our video that we made and said, you know what, guys? If you're coming down here, we're going to give you NHL media passes. Now, you missed this part, Frank, but when that came through that email, I started screaming. I started, dry heaved. I, no, I was just screaming at the top of my lungs and doing laps, doing laps in the house because this, as you would say the same thing, this is a dream come true for me. You were in your tight, your Grandpa Wayne's running around the basement screaming. I wanted to take my pants I off, think, sure. I, I, I think I've seen you scream like that before. Yeah, like when I get really excited about things, you need to know this about me. I I would just run and I scream and I just I kind of black out. And so this was when I realized like we have media passes. I just didn't know what to do with myself, I, and I kind of half doubted it. So anyway, we fly to LA. They play back to back games against the Kings. We fly to LA, watch them uh, actually lose in the Staples Center that night. It was a Sunday or a Monday night, and they played great. And the Kings had a lucky bounce and then turned turned the momentum around. And uh, ended up winning in regular in overtime, actually. And uh, the best part about that was was how aggressive the Kings fans were in the Staples Center. When I went there, the Kings fans were clueless. They didn't know who Matt Sundin was. But I want to make one more comment. When you were running around screaming, was Winifred? My guess is Winifred started crying, and Brittany is just like, "What the heck are you doing?" Greg? No, this was at Calm this was down. at Justin's house. It was in the studio at work, so oh, they didn't get okay. to see that. And it was kind of the end of the day, but it was just it was bedlam. It was bedlam. And uh, anyway, so the Kings fans, I mean, having won three, was it three? Having won two cups recently, they're a lot more educated now. They know who they are. And the cool thing about this is there's kind of an arrogance in the NHL when it comes to Vegas, right? Like, oh, you're the new kids. You don't know anything about hockey. You live in Vegas. the desert. You don't belong there. Kind of the same sort of treatment you would give to the Arizona Coyotes, right? Like, you don't do anything, right? I feel the same way about Vegas. They don't feel like a real franchise. Right, and – and you can say that as a Canucks fan when you've been golfing for like 14 months now, right? Oh, and so man. it's like this team, this team is full of people that were cast-offs that had no business being where they were. And like, there's just such a good storyline. So anyway, we get in there. And if, if you're not familiar with this, L.A. is about a four- to five-hour drive from Vegas. So actually close enough to be, to be rivals. And what we discovered is that the Vegas fans are wild, they're wild. And so these guys, they, they traveled from Vegas to L.A. They did a party bus. They rented out two or three suites in the Staples Center. And I was on the exact opposite side of the arena. And I could hear them dominating the, 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 the chants. You know, go Knights, go, go Knights, go. And that kind of galvanized the L.A. fans to want to cheer back. Like, hey, you're in our house. You can't do this. And it oh, was yeah, kind of a cool in, back and forth. This was in L.A. Yeah, it's in Staples Center. So anyway, I, you know – I like to be sarcastic, and you know how I like to cheer for things. And so I'm screaming at the top of my lungs about how old LA, how old LA is. LA, you can't do this. You're old. You know, you're a waste of skin. Dowdy, who, whatever. And I and I'm screaming this at the back of the head of the guy in front of me. There's a whole row of them, and you know, making friends, having fun. Anyway, there's these three guys to my left that don't say anything the whole game, but they're so passionate. And when the Kings come back in, they win in overtime. These guys turn around. Middle fingers, double barrel middle fingers to my face, screaming at the top of their lungs, saying like, F you, buddy, F you. And I'm like, well, I got what I wanted because I got under your skin, boys. Greg, Greg, you were the original, you're the original super fan, in my opinion. You should have been yelling, it's not, or it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Yeah. That was classic. And then if you had your uh, BJ Becker sign, that would have been great too. Oh, man. And you're referencing, uh, Frank and I went to this small town, 
uh, college and there was a senior hockey team there and we just adopted them as our own. Right, Frank? Like we painted yeah, our face like the Ultimate wore, Warrior or our cape. You wore a cape, yeah. Oh man, it was it was uh, pretty unbelievable. And actually, that actually taught me a lot of lessons about being able to cheer for things, right? Because people always say like, oh, how can you cheer for something that doesn't matter? Uh, for, for a hockey team with a town of a thousand people, but then I realized it's about the people, and if you get to know the people and the players, it's way easier to buy into something. Oh, so totally. keep, we're we're cheering for our buddies, basically. Yeah, and so keep that in mind when I talk about this Vegas Gold Knight story because it might uh, illuminate some things for you. So anyway, we lost that. Then we drove the next day through the mountains in uh, from LA to Las Vegas, and it's game day again. And so they play LA again, and I'm like, this is game day for me. So we go out to the media pass or the media entrance and there's a, a media pass with my name on it greg moore from the justin and greg show and i'm like i'm in the bowels of the t-mobile mobile center and i don't know anything frank I, like you know this you were, right you were in the bowels and it smelled bad but you still were so excited because you'd never been there before you'd never been in the bowels yeah for, never been in the bowels first time i mean t-mobile is beautiful it's got a shake shack built right into it like it's stunning but here's here's kind of a, a neat moment as we walk into like the media workroom, which is right next to the press conference room and a bunch of the Vegas people that work at T-Mobile and for the Vegas Gold Knights say, hey, it's Justin and Greg. We love the video, man. Because I'm wearing my tennis band, eh? I wear, like, this red headband all the time. And I'm wearing it, and they, they recognize me. They're like, oh, my goodness, you guys, we love the video. It's great what we think you're doing. And that kind of put me at ease to be like, oh, my goodness, like, I'm among friends here. Oh, there we go. Uh, and so, like, the rest of it was just me trying to learn. There's so much your friends that they paid for your flight down there, hey? Uh, no, no, we're not that much friends yet, Frank. <laughs> uh, that would come in one point. Although, you know what? I don't even think like my good friends would pay for my flight down there. If I had the money, I'd pay for your – no, I wouldn't pay for that flight. No, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. But, so anyway, we get in there and we, we interview. Um, I mean I'm excited. Fleury is my favorite player. Here's some context. I've always enjoyed Marc-Andre Fleury. We had the same draft year. And I had this weird connection with this guy who was, you know, supposed to be so good, but for many of his years, he was not clutch at all, right? Like, you can agree no, with that. He, he panicked in, yeah. the, in the crunch time. He had, like, this 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 weird ability to, to blow it when it counted, and it goes all the way back to the World Juniors, and uh, and he, that kind of no, carries it, it, it actually goes back to his childhood, I think. <laughs> Do you have a story about that? No, I was just it's a joke about psychology and how you said it goes back to the World Juniors and say, well, no, something happened to him as a kid. That's, that, that's why he panics whenever there's a clutch moment. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Flurry and interviewing him. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, he did, he played last night. He's probably not going to play tonight. And, of course, you know, Malcolm Subban. It was, who was Malcolm Subban? It was, uh, I forget his name right now. One of the six goalies they've started this year. Yeah, yeah, it was a backup goalie. So I didn't even get to see Flurry. So anyway, we walk into the NHL locker room and everyone's asking questions and, you know, people are in a bad mood because they lost, right? And I asked, I was asking all these uh, journalists, like Gary Lawless used to work on TSN. I'm like, Gary, like, is it always this, like, negative and sad after a loss? He's like, yeah, man, like, we lost. And then you're like, Gary, where's where's the flower? I want to talk to the flower. Uh, I I wanted to talk to the flower. Didn't get to see him. Uh, It was kind of like, I mean, it was a really cool experience to be there and and live a dream come true. But uh, the coolest thing for me was, so Brady McNabb is from... Saskatchewan. Davidson, Saskatchewan. It's a problem yeah. to live in. He plays defense on these guys. He used to play for the Kings. And so the pregame interviews in this case, Brady McNabb walks up. He's available for us. And so he comes in. We ask him questions. And Justin kind of looks at me. He's like, dude, you need to ask him a question. And I'm like, yeah, I need to ask him a question. So there's only one question left. So I stick up my hand and I get the question. And I say to him, Braden, who has better nightlife? You're from Saskatchewan. Who's got better nightlife? 
Las Vegas or Davidson? And he laughed and he kind of said, well, I think Davidson has one bar that's still open, right? So he, I think it's pretty comparable at the end of the day. I and mean, everyone uh-huh. laughed and we left. And he, and he said, I don't want to go to that bar because one of my ex-girlfriends there, and uh, she cheated on me. So uh. I'm sure there's some <laughs> stories to tell, but I mean, I don't, he went to high school there. Like he was there for a while. I actually just drove through Davidson. It's a, it's a you know, a, a it's city a town. Drive. Yeah, it's a town you drive through between the two majors, Regina and Saskatchewan. And I stopped by and I was asking some of the locals there. Do you know Braden? Do you know the family? And they said, Yeah, like he said, he's a good guy. Which I think you hear about all hockey players, hey, with the exception of maybe Patrick Kane and Sean Avery. Most hockey player stories are great guy. Well, I think some of them are nice guys for sure, especially compared to other sports. Because when you have when you're in L.A., for example. Nobody even knows who Drew Doughty is. No. Like, they're more concerned about Kobe Bryant or Lonzo Ball. Or yeah, Michael they should Jones, be. Jackson. Or, yeah, so I, I think it depends on the city. But I think when you're, you're in Edmonton and you're Taylor Hall or Connor McDavid, <laughs> they worship the ground that they walk on. So I think that they, those guys probably have pretty big hands. Yeah, a whole new pressure, right? Like, you walk into any restaurant and everyone's looking at you and knows who you are. Whereas, uh, flash forward, so, I mean, we did that, we made the videos, we made this this petition, whatever. We ended up coming back for the first game of Vegas because they won the Pacific Division, right, Frank? They did, yeah. Who else in the Pacific Division? The Canucks are in there too, right? Yeah, the Canucks, uh, they played hard this year, bro. And your Oilers yeah, were in there too, right? The Oilers didn't play hard this year. They they were they were Connor McDavid and and the rest of their team was, was uh, uh, AHL level. But who won? What do you mean? Who won the division? Gold Knights won the division. That's who won. Oh, that was that was, man. You're just digging, bro. You think you think you you got something there? I'm just telling you, like that's to... just what happened. They were better than everyone else. It was weird and embarrassing, and uh, if they get past the second round, it's going to be even more weird and embarrassing. Here's the thing, no one. You're, bo- you said you said you're a praying man. I think you should pray that that doesn't happen. That they what? That they lose and get swept by the by. Uh, would they play be playing the Sharks? Playing the Sharks, yeah. By the Sharks. That'd be a good series. I hope Jumbo comes back by the beard of Zeus. What's wrong with him? Uh, I think he has a knee problem. Uh-oh. He had a big knee surgery. Or, so, yeah, I'm hoping he comes back and they stomp your your Vegas Golden. Here's the thing. Whoever they are. Here's the thing. No one stomps these guys. And I'm not I'm not even being like a, a fanboy right now because I you know obviously believe in the team. I've watched enough hockey over the last little while because of this whole thing. Where I realized that these guys are actually really good. And what they have more than most teams that I'm watching, with the exception of a few of the elite teams, like, you know, Boston's first line is, is very impressive. And the same thing with Lightning. Like, they have that. But this whole team, like, there's no weak points for the most part, right? You've got four lines that they just roll the whole time. So you never know who you're going to play. And They're just second-line players. They have four second-line. Yeah, teams. and it's working because they have no bad players. Everyone's, like, everyone's pretty good. So I just wonder what went through your mind when you decided to make these videos. You're like, okay, so we want to go viral. We want people to notice us. So we're going to make this video that we don't believe in. So that, that's what was going through your mind? No, here's what happened, Frank. We <laughs> wanted permission to interview their Twitter guy. And so uh-huh. they asked us, one, who are you guys? Why should I give you permission? Treating us like a media outlet. And we we're going to write it back an email and say, hey, like we do videos and you know we do content stuff and we just really respect what you guys are doing in the NHL, which is typically kind of a boring, old-school, traditional league, right? And we can get into that later if you want. And Justin was like, no, why don't we make a video about it? And I was like, oh, okay. And so we made this video and we thought about it. And like, you know what? There actually are some good points about why 
we should cheer for Saskatchewan as opposed to the Jets or the Oilers or the, or the Flames. And we think it made sense. So we, we filmed the video. We had no idea the video was going to be like that wild, especially for the people in Vegas. That wasn't the intention. The intention of the video was to film it and just send it back to them to say, hey, this is what we do. So they have an idea and full context of what we do. So the, like, the video went nuts and got like 100,000 views. That wasn't the, the, the intention. Okay. I don't believe you, but that's okay. Really? It was, it was a good effort. You're funny. Uh, anyway, that wasn't the intention. So we were back there for playoff game one. And here's the difference this time. Is last time, it was back-to-back games, two games and two nights, driving, traveling, that sort of thing. Well, this time, we're back for playoffs. We actually went to practice. And practice was fun because everyone is a lot looser. And they're more relaxed. And, you know, Fleury, again, is unavailable. I can't talk to him because it's game day, right? He's off. You know, you know goalies are weird like Come that. Come on, flower. He's, the goalies are weird like that, right? So we chat with the guys and we joke with them in the locker room. We have a blast chatting with them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this feels way different. And here I am walking around in my tennis band in this, in this locker room. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm like, oh, I, I feel way more relaxed this time. And, of course, I'm pretending to be like a, a journalist and ask questions. But at the end of the day, I don't really, don't really – want to ask questions. I just want to hang out with these guys. And how did the other journal- journalists look at you? They had their, their nose up in the air? Uh, some of them did, Frank, to be honest. Like some of them, most of them I would say were actually pretty, pretty cool people. And they're willing to help us out and give us tips and tricks and say like, here's what happens next. Here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. I would say like the good looking, uh, like seasoned TV veterans, they, they, their noses were up at us for sure. They, they they were threatened by your they were threatened by your charisma. well they think they probably thought that we were disrespecting their craft, but what I thought was interesting was there's a lot of journalists and I mean this as a whole not necessarily what I saw but there's a lot of journalists who just treat it like a job like we look at this thing of stuff and go hey we love hockey we would love your job but the truth is if we were given that job it would become like any other job in three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine ten years where yeah, you, you it becomes monotonous and boring. You would, you would start dreading things. Yeah, like we're up in the press box and I'm like, oh, like we're the only ones cheering because everyone else seemed to be quote-unquote neutral, right? Meanwhile, yeah. I'm wearing my Golden Knights jersey and we're cheering, that sort of thing. But it just seemed like this was a job for a lot of people, whereas for us, it was an opportunity and for me, it was a dream come true. There needs to be more Rob Vanstones in the world. That guy loves his job. You ever read any of his articles? I follow him on Twitter. He seems pretty passionate about it. But my point is, my point is, is that he that people that just love their craft. I think I think Gary Lawless. I don't know what do I think about him. I think he likes his job, but I think there's a challenge when it comes to um, doing sports journalism because the athletes are so reserved and so there's they, they don't actually speak their minds. So you're just expecting the answer you get, and then when you're a journalist, you also almost want them to say certain things because you have the article written in your head before you write the article. And, and honestly, I think some of, some of those journalists probably had their articles written already. Right? Like, yeah, they just, wanted, they just wanted some quotes to insert. Yeah, it's like some of these things too. Is like we're up in the press box and after every period they give you an updated mega list of stats, which I thought was cool. cool. And when you walk into the game, there's probably you know like a centimeter and a half thick of papers covering every single piece of stat for the entire year and storylines, et cetera, et cetera. It was, it was super cool. <laughs> but again, like this is their job is just to ask questions. They want to ask questions. And, and actually, some of the questions they ask aren't that, even that interesting, right? And so when I'm in there watching like, Gerard Gallant do his press conference and I hear the questions, like some of them are obvious to me. You know, like why do we need to ask this question? But it's, it's for the story. But some of them are actually quite interesting. So after that uh, game in L.A. when they lost and the room was kind of like very, very somber, Ryan Reeves was a huge part of that. It was his first... First or second game, and he got a lot of penalties. It was Thomas Tatar's 
uh, first game. Anyway, Ryan Reeves got like four penalties, and some of them weren't actually, I, I didn't think, necessary. And he had this quote afterwards about, someone asked him like, hey, there's a good chance you guys could play L.A. in the playoffs. What do you think about playing them again? He said, I would love to play L.A. every day uh, or every game of the year, right? Because he was fired up and mad. So what did the, what did these what did these guys think about about you two or especially you with your headband? Yeah, like so. What did the players think about you? I think the players had fun. Like the, the players actually knew who we were based off the video. Like they had seen it, right? Oh really? Yeah, because I mean, Bray McNabb had seen it. We 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 sent it out to him. He retweeted. He shared it. They were aware of what was happening. And at that point, when we had come back the second time, Frank, we were all over the news in Vegas. Uh, ABC, NBC, and the newspaper, that sort of thing. They all took the story and kind of ran with it. So they were familiar with why we were there. And when we asked them questions about, you know, what about the Saskatchewan Vegas Golden Knights? They were like, yeah, we're all for it. We're into it. You know, let's have a lot of fun with that. So seriously, I don't understand why Vegas wouldn't have already hired you as their, as their guy, as their, as their, uh, in, uh, in, in the locker room interview guy, in game host. They have some um, like this is one thing I want you to go check out next time you get a chance. They have an incredible in-game experience, incredible in-game experience, and they built it off of that, knowing that hey, we have an NHL franchise coming to Vegas, and there's probably not a lot of hockey fans here. How do we make this fun and interesting, regardless of the of the hockey on the ice, right? And so yeah, when you go there, Frank, expecting to suck. Well, I mean, I think everyone expects a fr- an expansion franchise to suck. That's the way it is in any sport throughout all of history, right? Is like, hey, you're not going to win for a few years. And I think Bill Foley, the, the owner of the team, said we would love to make the playoffs in, uh, I think he had cup in six years, playoffs in three, something like that. Like something ambitious, but like, okay, you're an expansion team. And James Neal said, well, why not, why not now? Like, why not make it the first year? You know, what are we waiting for? And no one's going to say no to that. But anyway, so these guys built this whole franchise and experience off of, how do, I, how do people come in here and have fun and enjoy themselves and be entertained uh, regardless of what's happening on the ice? Which I think more NHL franchises need to do. Well, sure. Why not? You know what? I mean, there's more important things to spend money on. But, I mean, that's a, if you want to bring money into the building, you want the fans <laughs> to come to spend money, then you want them to be – you want to give them a reason to, to come and to have a good time. In some ways, Frank, it's really if you're watching especially for me. team stinks. Yeah, but like I'll go watch. I watched the, the a period of the Leafs Bruins tonight, and the 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 most interesting thing that they do in that game is they played "Story of the Year" till the day I die, an old song from like 2003. It was a fun punk song. That was it. Like nothing else well, is happening in there. So what kind of stuff do they do at the Vegas game? It's so they, they fun. have like Cirque du Soleil in the intermissions. <laughs> they have like a t-shirt guy who just loses his mind. Like the, the scoreboard is going wild. And the, probably the most impressive thing is they got like this drum line and this, they have one or two DJs going the whole time, uh, except for when the hockey's being played. But the sound just put, like it hits you in the chest and you can't not feel energized being in that place. And do the fans, do they have any clue what's going on? Oh yeah. Like, at this run, point, in the season, any educated fans. No, at this point in the season, people have figured it out and you'd be surprised actually how imp- like how intense they are at learning the game, right? When they and found out they were getting a franchise, they all started kind of studying hockey. And what people don't get, Frank, is when you think about Vegas, what do you think about? You think about casinos, yeah, and you, strippers, and, you, and uh, people. You know, the city of sin. Exactly. You think about the strip, and if you're a local Vegas person, 
you don't care about the strip. The strip is a necessary evil because it brings in tourists and keeps your tax dollars low and gives job opportunities. These people so they, don't are care. Are they mainly locals there? Yes. Yes. And that's why I think that people really miss this when they think about Vegas is that these are regular Joes like us in Saskatchewan. Is that they, they work hard. They don't care about the strip. They don't even – like most people we talk to that are locals don't even go into the hotels. Right? They don't care. It's expensive. Like what's the point? But so this hockey lot, so team is there. A lot of red, there's a lot of rednecks there too that, that probably are dangerous to society as well, just like in Saskatchewan. I don't – I can't comment on that. I can tell you that a lot of people that I met <laughs> – were really good people. And, and good in the fact of, like, you know, the Humboldt disaster uh, that happened just a few weeks back. Frank, when we were there for game one, I think it was, like, last Wednesday, their fans are handing out Humboldt Broncos stickers to everyone going through the doors, saying, hey, wear this green ribbon for Humboldt. Put on the Broncos sticker. And, like, this is, like, this is Las Vegas fans caring about things that are very removed from them outside of hockey. And that night, they gave the 50, they have a 51 instead of a 50-50 because your odds are better in Vegas, which is kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that is but fun. but good. really good people. And I think that's what people miss when it comes to the whole Vegas and Flash thing is that if you were there and hanging out with these people, you'd be like, oh, like you're just regular Joes like us. And how, how are the tickets affordable or they've already gone up in price? Oh, or? yeah. They're they're super high. Super high. Like for the playoffs tickets were like at least – like I would say 150 just to get in the building. And that's USD. Uh, whereas uh, it was cheaper for them to drive – or fly to L.A., rent the hotel, and see the game and fly back than it was to get one game to get in L- in, in Vegas. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's wild. But tickets are still expensive to get to Vegas from Regina. You were saying in your video that that it was so cheap to fly to Vegas. Yeah, so when I, we – Maybe when, if you get deals. When we looked, when we made that video, when we looked, it was cheaper. And so that's what we're going off of. Well, I mean, they're all over the place, right? But for the when we when we had looked to go, okay, we want to go to Vegas next week. It was more expensive to Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton than it was to go to Vegas. Well, that makes sense. It's bad. It's bad to fly in Canada. It's yeah, it's just, it's, it's brutal. But hopefully, we get some of these low cost airlines that are coming in here, and uh, that'll help bring the prices down for us. Well, sure. Well, sure. Um, I want I want to know about I want to know about the flower. That's okay. That's my initial question. Okay, so. So if you missed it, game one happened, we're there, they win. And I'm fired up because I realized, oh my goodness, I finally get to meet Flurry. I get to meet Flurry. Anyway, we're in line uh, to go into the locker room after the game because you have to be down there like right away because the doors are open. And one thing that I thought was funny, I guess I'll get into that after. But anyway, I looked down the aisle. I just shook this guy's hand like three hours prior and introduced him and said, hey, I like your work because I, I follow him on Twitter. He's, he's a good guy. And there was this older lady who was asking about me and, and my business partner in line, being like, who the heck are these guys? And I can see them four, like they're probably seven or eight down people down the, the row. And he looks at, he looks at her, rolls his eyes and says, I guess they're bloggers or something like that. Like these people were <laughs> so mad that these regular Joes were in their sacred cow. And to me, I'm like, guys, you, you're uninteresting, right? Like, Did- didn't they call you lifestyle bloggers? At one point they did. Yeah, they call us lifestyle bloggers, and that what would, was. What would, what would you call yourselves, though? Well, I mean, I, I, we make content on the internet. Like I don't know, content creators. Like lifestyle bloggers is is more like a fashion thing, I think. Well, you guys talk a lot about trends and and with regards to social media and media and Hollywood. I I think they got it. I think they got you guys pegged. No, I don't. I think you're. I think you're way off base. But I mean, you love that sort of thing. <laughs> So anyway, we get into the locker room. Flurry is surrounded by people because he played amazing that first game, and he's the star of the game. And this, it was so. I'm like, I'm looking at this guy who's the same age as me, just commanding the room, surrounded by journalists, smile on his face, 
composed. And I'm like, I'm looking going, wow, like I've admired this guy my entire life and watching him answer these questions and be respectful. I'm like, we're the same age, right? Like he's so far ahead of me in certain areas of, of, of like human development. It was really admirable to watch. And I go, oh, I actually walk, came away being like, you know what? I want to be more like that. Anyway, so I'm waiting to get in here because, you know, these journalists are asking questions for their stories and it's their job, right? So the last thing I want to do is get in there and suck up a lot of time and not let them do their job for questions that don't make sense. Like, hey, what are you watching Netflix? So anyway, what happens is it's like the – it was an experience for me because at this point, the journalists are cutthroat. They're all just like question, 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 question. And as soon as you let up, the next person's in there, right? Because there's just a limited amount of questions and limited amount of time, and they want their question in. So I'm like, oh, I need to get my question here. Finally get my question in, start to my question, and I, I, I screwed it up. I screwed up, and I wanted to ask him, like, hey, you know, you guys are making history each and every night, it seems. You're setting records. You're doing amazing things. How do you how do you detox after a night like this? You go home. You have a snack. What are you eating is what I wanted to ask him. But it was anything but that. Anything but that. Anyway, so the comms person says, hey, no more questions in English. And I hear last question, so I keep going. And then she yells and says, hey, no more questions in English. We're going to do French questions because there's French reporters there because Flurry speaks French. And I'm like, oh, oh, I screwed up. I missed my opportunity to talk to this guy. So I was halfway on my question, and I stopped. And I started to pull my mic out and I leave because it's time for the RDS reporters to get in there. And he looks and sticks his head through the, through the reporters, kind of invites me back in, at, and then lets me ask my question. And I thought it was just so cool, and he, he is my hero. And he said, uh, I don't really eat anything in particular. Yeah, because, I mean, I bumbled the question. He didn't know what I was asking. <laughs> he had no idea what I was asking because I screwed up the question because I was, like, panicked because he was just – this woman was yelling at me. And then, you're, and then you said to him, could I have your, uh, could I have your towel with Get your lost. sweat on it because I really admire you. Don't be a weirdo. <laughs> I want to have that. For anyway, us. the coolest thing about it, though, was watching everyone tell people – or tell the reporters and each other, like, just how important uh, Flurry was to the room. And so we went back to practice the next day. And this is a cool story because – we didn't, we didn't record this in our videos, but we went to practice the Thursday morning after the win, and it was so cool, Frank, to walk into the locker room. And in this point, we weren't we weren't reporters. We were friends. And Brady McNabb was made available. So the way it works is I thought everyone was sitting around in the locker room, and you could just talk to whoever you wanted to. That's not how it works. Everyone else is in a different room, and the comms team brings in people. Oh, until yeah. they say, Mark andre Fleury is here. He's available. For, for questions, and people can go talk to whoever they want for a little bit. And then they cut them off and say, time's up, done, and they move them out. Um, and so they bring in Braden McNabb from Davidson. And he sees us, big smile on his face, walks over to us, and is like, hey, boys, welcome back. Like, how's your time here? And we chatted with this guy for like five solid minutes, just like friends. Do you, it, can, you, can you shed a, a little bit of detail about what you talked to him about? Yeah, like a lot of it was like, what are you watching on Netflix, man? Like, what's new? I was going to bring you some pierogies. So uh, what's he watching on Netflix? Uh, he's all at a show. He said he bunks with Miller, and they just finished. I can't remember what he said, what they just finished. Tell him uh, to just watch Mad Men again. It's deep. You my, can watch that over and over again. It's like the Bible. You no. Keep on if you made The Office, maybe. The Office, the office. is so funny. Anyway, the, the coolest thing that, I, that he said that I thought was interesting funny. was, because you know he used to play on L.A., and yes. he was really candid with us. I and mean, he's like, yeah, like, what's it like playing your old team? He said, it's hard. He's like, those are my friends over there. And he said, I just have to turn my mind off for two weeks and just kind of try and gut through it because, you know, it's 
You just got to play, but it's not easy. And I was like, whoa, like that is what I want to talk about, my friends. Like that was real. Because you know, people don't usually say stuff. They like, don't. Usually, usually they're just like, well, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Right, because here's I got, the thing I'm that happens, He's talking to Justin and I like, like friends because, you know, we've been tweeting him and hanging out or whatever. And then the journalists start gathering around him because they want to get in and ask their questions. So we're talking to him like friends and taking up all of his time, and they're getting mad at us. And they point to us and say like, hey, can we get in here? And we're like, what? Like we're hanging up with this guy. Anyway, so we wish him the best. Say, cool, you know, see you around. And basically he turns around and then goes to work and starts answering journalist questions. And he clams up and gives them the, the straight fake news. Yeah, not clams up, but he just does his job and gives them, you know, pat answers. And I was like, oh, I forever want to be on the side where I can be someone like the Jackie Redmond for the NHL Network that can sit down with people and laugh and have a candidate interview as opposed to, you know, a journalist that says, hey, your ice time's declining. Like, are you mad at the coach? Like, who cares? You could be the next Jerry D, Greg, I think. Are you, you, trying, gotta, are you trying to insult huh? me, Frank? Gary D? Jerry, Jerry D. I always call him Gary D. Did oh. I tell you that we tried to see him when he was here in Regina? We paid big bucks to get like backstage. Yeah, passes. that was another poor decision by you. Other than the Vegas one, that was that was not good. So funny. Lessons learned. If, if you missed you the guys story, looked we, like goofs. We tried. We tried to get his attention on Twitter, and I said I started just I just announced on Twitter, like, "Hey guys, Jerry D is coming on our show. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait to tell you about it." You know, because I'm like, who who cares? You guys seemed really forceful. It seemed like you guys were almost harassing him a little bit. Yeah, like, I mean, he obviously didn't know who we were. And, like, in, in hindsight, maybe it was a bit too aggressive. And then he, we finally got him to react. And he's like, guys, I don't know anything about this story. I'm not coming on the show. And then I said to him, hey, Gary. Hey, G- hey Gary D. Don't worry about it, man. We'll bring the show to you. And he didn't say anything else. And then so we made this video. And we got our backstage passes. And as soon as we show up at the auditorium, Someone was like, the security was like, hey, Justin, Greg. And we're like, yes. We're like, like, oh, my don't, goodness. We don't know who you are, and we don't care, and you're not talking to him. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> what it was. I thought it was going to be like, oh, my goodness, Gary Gary got our message. And then you were like, and then you were Justin were like, do you know who we are? We're no. Regina well, fans. It wasn't that at all. So like, I just we laughed. Get, we get a 1,000 to 2,000 views on every one of our Tuesday episodes. Frank, do you just want to get it all out right now? <laughs> I'll give you the mic. I'll give you the mic. You can just I go. Think I, just, I think I just let it out. That was good. Do you feel better? It's like, yeah, that felt great. I mean, we have time here. I don't need to push stop on this recording. You can keep going. All right. Well, you say, do you know who we are? We're influencers. We're influencing Regina. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that was another good one. Keep oh. going. Yeah. What else could I say? Well, you guys are. No, I think the influencing thing was good. That, that was good. We'll leave it at that. Okay, anyway, the end of the story is they told us that they had our seats locked down. Security was, like, watching us. Jerry wanted nothing to do with us. <laughs> and uh, lesson learned. And Trust. then you said to Jerry, we, ha- we had a show. It had 4,000 views. We told Regina who had the best pizza. Jerry? Jerry? Did you see that we had uh, that guy uh, on the Dragon's Den? We interviewed him. Right? You told him that too? No. We didn't get to talk to him. <laughs> oh, boy. I got time, Frank. Keep going. No, I'm struggling here. That, Yeah, I'm good. You feel better? Um, Not yet. You give me a little more time later to, to vent. Okay. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was lesson learned. So it was cool to be there. And, uh, yeah, in terms of journalism and people wanting to get into journalism, I think that if 
I think at, at some point, the NHL and sports franchises are going to realize that they need to branch out away from just the hardcore fan and find ways to attract them. And so I feel like that is something that the NHL specifically more so than baseball, NFL, and especially basketball need to work on. And uh, and Vegas is probably the closest of the, all the franchises that I know. They're well, in- the, at least the San Jose Sharks make funny Christmas videos, right? Yeah, I mean the Ducks make some funny stuff too. Uh, but it needs to be it needs to be all the time. It needs to be all the time, especially in an arena like if you're in Anaheim and you're right next to the Angels and the Dodgers, and you're competing for those dollars. What are you doing? And that's one thing that the, the Golden Knights do is they're, they're actually integrated into the community. And because they're first, like they have a huge advantage, right? They're the only professional franchise in that city. So, I mean, they can really help out that way. But Everyone's really excited there. Yeah, everyone's really excited there. And when that, when that uh, shooting happened in October, the, uh, the players really did their best to give back to the community and say, like, we're here, uh, we're with you, and this happened to us as well. And that was a real, you know, galvanizing and and uh, unifying moment for them and the city. And you can actually feel that. You can feel. And they've it. and they've also really benefited from being in Vegas, where visiting teams party. Yeah, so there's a lot they, of rumors about that for sure. A lot of rumors well, they, about the Vegas flu. Vegas, Vegas won their first like 20 games at home or something. They had like one loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't say, I can't say. Like for fact that happens, but I'm pretty sure if you asked anyone that knew anyone, there's a story. I did hear someone say there was a story where one guy was at some sort of club till eight in the morning, and I don't know if it was game day or not game day. But if you're at if you're out till eight in the morning doing doing foolish stuff, uh, that's gonna cost you. The coaches, like I remember Tortorella. Yeah, it was Torts. They asked him about that, and he just, and he says that they can do whatever they like. Basically, yeah, that's how he tried to coach his team, and I mean, it's working. Like they're doing great in the playoffs, but they actually arrived early. I think it was a day or two early to Vegas. I think, I think his logic was that he was giving the players latitude, so that basically they were just sacrificing those games, so that he, so that they would be more obedient to him. Yeah, later. Like he was trying to earn some some brownie points and some credits. Absolutely, totally. Um, anyway, so I mean, that's a thing. I saw Dowdy the, the the day of, and they were staying at the Mandarin Oriental, which is a, a super high end hotel. Yeah. And I, I walked in the lobby, and there's like nothing there. There's like a lobby desk, and they, basically that's it because it's you can't go in unless you're like certified, born and bred and money sort of thing. So. So where did you guys stay? We stayed at the cheapest hotel we could find, the Excalibur Hotel, the one that looks like a I'm- castle. How much did they charge? We uh, we used Hotwire.com and it was twenty bucks a night. Get out! Yeah, that I, is cheap. I mean, all of Vegas has this this resort fee, so it ends up being like sixty dollars a night. You, oh. have to, you have to pay like between thirty and sixty dollars for every hotel, regardless where you go. But I mean, it was the cheapest you cheapest one I could find, and it's right next to the T-Mobile Center, which is nice for us. And they gave you poker chips. Well, so I didn't. I didn't end up gambling. I was pretty busy the whole time, but. Gambling's wrong. Don't do it. All right. So if you're still listening to this podcast, this is uh, why don't we? They're not Greg. Why They're don't we? Listen. This is just for me and you, which is fine. Let's jump into the playoff matchups, Frank. Here, uh, sure. I'm curious to see what you think. So, I mean, a couple are already decided. The uh, the Vikes. No one, no one predicted that the Golden Knights or the San Jose Sharks would sweep. I thought that San Jose and Anaheim would go. Minimum six games. I thought yeah, that would go to seven. Yeah, Anaheim looked and, bad, hey? Anaheim did look bad. They lost like eight to one in game 
Wolves in game uh, four, they, a game they needed. Do you think or, sorry, game, do... sorry, game game three, they needed that game, right? That's the most important game if you're down two nothing. Absolutely. Obviously, it's over if you lose. They lost eight nothing. And uh, you know the Sharks added Evander Kane, who is having a, a great run with them before the playoffs. And I just feel like the 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 Sharks have some youth, you know, in in Donskoy and Hurdle and not Kane, but like they have some youth and speed. Even Kachur, I would say, is young enough. Some youth and speed, and the Ducks just seemed old and slow. Like seeing Perry and Boschman and Getzlav, like there's and Kessler, like they're all still there playing the same kind of we're gonna grind you down style. It just looked really poor on their part. They're not a fast team. I mean, Perry's obviously not the same player he was. But you, you, honestly, what I think is the difference for San Jose. I mean, this is an unge- we're uneducated fans. Let's be honest. We don't know the details, the analytics, or anything. But what I see is that the one. The one difference is their goaltending. Martin Jones seems to have a He's lot good. of he, – he just has a lot of focus, right? He doesn't get rattled. He's he's a lot like Carey Price in that way. And before they had Anti Niemi and Nabokov, both goalies that are below average. Well, I mean, and, Niemi's and, and a Stanley Cup champ, though. Sure, whatever. He, he Who did he beat? I don't know. Do you remember who he beat? He beat an AHL quality goaltender. Who? Michael Layton in the final. Michael Layton. Oh, the guy has right. I don't, I don't know if the guy's played any games since that series. That's funny. I forgot about that. But yeah, I think it's goaltending for San Jose, and, and and I think that just gave them the confidence. Now they have that, they have the swagger that they lacked beforehand. And uh, yeah, I want to just make a comment about Kane. You would have always thought that type of player would be a playoff player, and and he is. When they get jumbo back, that's just gonna add add to their lineup. Yeah, think, like the sharks. I, the sharks look I'm good. Thinking they get, I'm thinking they get by Vegas, but you never know. Maybe Vegas, maybe Vegas is the underdog team this year. Well, be a, they are the underdog team this year. But here's here's also the point, and I want to make this coming back to the journalist thing, Frank. Is that journalists are busy people, and you know this because you, you, you have a degree in journalism and you've done uh, a lot of stuff. But like sports journalists, I feel like in in any news world. They don't have enough time to do the job properly. So everyone relies on shortcuts, shortcuts to save themselves time and just to kind of like, hey, how do I make this something? And when it came to the Kings Vegas series, everyone said, oh, the Kings will beat them. Uh, the Kings are better. They have the experience. Like it was the same stuff we've heard for our entire lives. When you looked at the when you looked at the analytics, though, I mean, uh, the, the, the Knights were were expected to win. But no, I didn't hear that from anyone. I didn't hear from any seasoned journalist that that, that would give the Knights uh, two cents to the dollar that they were going to hold their own in that series because oh the the, the Vegas not Vegas the uh, the Kings are stronger they're tougher they're seasoned they're they're Cup champs and I I watched those games back to back and I was like Vegas is faster than these guys they barely lost the first game it was a momentum thing the, yeah they looked bad the second game but I'm like they're faster they're faster really, they, and no one's really going to give the, them credit the difference was L A couldn't couldn't score. No, right? I mean, Flurry was Flurry was amazing, and Quick's not who he was. Like Quick is very, very, very good, but there was times in the past where Quick was invincible. I think Quick Quick wasn't the reason they lost that series. He had he's always been a playoff goalie, and I think he did well in the first round. It's more so just the fact that LA doesn't have the the firepower, and I, I agree with you. I think they're a bit slow. They need they need to get more depth. They yep. need to rebuild build their team. Because they have, the, they have the core pieces in place. You think the core pieces are like Kopitar and Doughty and Quick? Yeah. Well, Kopitar and Doughty. I mean, I think I think goalies are a dime a dozen. I think you can replace Quick. 
Kopitar's, Kopitar was dominant. Every time he was on the ice, you could see, like, wow, like, they had chances. But everything else around them would, did, just did not look good. And especially their defense. Like, Dion Phaneuf is, is back there, and you're relying on him to help you out. It's just like, ugh. So, uh, anyway, I'm not surprised by that the, the, the Knights won. I am surprised they, they swept. Yeah, no one would have predicted a sweep in either of those series. I mean, I, I th- honestly think that most most um, journalists and even most fans would have gone either way with Vegas or L.A. I don't think that there was a clear favorite in that series. Vegas. And I don't think there was a clear favorite in San Jose-Anaheim either. I thought, honestly, I picked San Jose, but I thought that Anaheim was going to win that series. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we don't, we don't ever move. And unless you're watching all the games... And no one has time to do that, right? Everyone covers their team, and that's all they know. But it's just so hard to predict. And I think that, yeah, I think the Sharks look really good this year. Yeah, I think I think San Jose, I think San Jose is going to go to the Western Final. And I, I believe that if Nashville gets by Colorado like they're supposed to, they will lose against Winnipeg. But Colorado, don't count them out. I watched the end of that game the other night. They're down one nothing with like three minutes left in the game. And they end up winning two to one. They're they're a, they're a scrappy little group that doesn't really care what you know what anyone says. Yeah, I mean they weren't. They don't, was it? They don't they don't care how they win. They're clearly not scared. They're clearly not the better team. But I, I don't think that Nashville has so a little bit of entitlement at this point. I yeah, think. one of those things we where made, we're we, supposed we to win the cup. It's gonna be easy. Yeah, we made the final last yeah. year. We yeah. we know how to do this. Well, and everyone and their dogs saying they're gonna make it this year, right? I mean, Rene had he's gonna win the Vezina this year most likely. And I think it's gone to their head, and I think that Rene is not that great. Right, he Rene in the past has been has been human. Uh, he's also yeah. been inhuman, but right now he he's fine. And McKinnon on that goal, the the goal, the first goal to tie it up. Oh my goodness, did he look good? I think Winnipeg is going to blow them up in the second round. So here, here, let's just let's talk about Avs first. I think the Avs can win because they're fast. Now, do I think they're going to win? No, I think they're going to go back to Avalanche, and the series will be done here in, in uh, before two Preds. But that being said, I'm cheering for the Avs because they can oh, do it they're fast enough. I mean, they're missing the Varlamov, like their number one goaltender is gone. Aren't, aren't they missing Eric Johnson too? Their number one D-man. They certainly are, and they're missing their number two goaltender as well. Like they're on the Hamburglar. <laughs> Hamburglar, who who knew he he played one regular season game this year? Who knew yeah. he was even around anymore? I didn't know, know he was in the Avalanche organization. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone did. I thought he was back at McDonald's where he belongs. But the, the thing about the thing about this story is like it doesn't make sense. You have nothing to lose. No one expects you to win. You know, and if you're if you're McKinnon out there, okay, cool. And he he to me. He, he's probably my MVP vote. He probably yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think it's McKinnon or, or um, Taylor Hall. Yeah. Both of those players had huge impacts on their team. And uh, they're the only, stats-wise, they're the only players that you can make an argument are more important to their team than McDavid. Well, some people are saying like, the McDavid reason, was the MVP. I'm like, get bent. Well, you could give it to him. He, no, you can't. I mean, the NHL wouldn't surprise me if they did because, like, oh, yeah, we love you. Here's the, here's the MVP award. No, no, no. Well, first off, he led the league in points, Second, which is, is a point, but it's not a strong point. Second point is that he, if you look at all the analytics, you look at all the numbers, he was the only thing that team had. He had if you look at the stats, he had the biggest impact on his team. He was a plus 25 on a team that was, like, minus 30 this year. Might have been worse. I'll check it. I can check it really quickly here, on a team that was one of the worst teams in the league. It doesn't matter, Frank. They were minus twenty nine. No, no, no. Close. Minus twenty nine. If your argument was true, 
if your argument was true, I think it was last year or the year before when the, when the Habs had no business being where they were, Carey Price should win the MVP. Or, or when the Habs were terrible and Carey Price was hurt, it should have been Carey Price because they were, they were amazing with him, but now they're without Greg, him. And Greg, it's like he's the most important player. Here's the lame argument that they hear from the mainstream media. Well, look, we can't give it to McKinnon because they didn't make the playoffs. That's if they would have made the playoffs. We can't give it to McDavid because they didn't make the playoffs. Or we can't give it to Taylor Hall because they didn't make the playoffs. And then two of those teams, they barely make the playoffs. Say they missed by a point. That doesn't mean that these team, these players are all of a sudden not MVP candidates. No, I mean, joke. if they miss by that a point, Frank, that's something. It's a joke. No, no, no. no, no. Here's you, don't, where, not, you don't discipline a player because of the team he's on. No, here's what I'm saying. If you're, play, if you're a player and you have an impact and you give your team a chance to make the postseason and you're Florida and you miss it by one point, you're still in that conversation. Absolutely you are. But if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you pack it in after Christmas, I don't look at you twice. I don't care how good you are. Playing meaningless, meaningless games. Against me, like Carmen Davis cleaned up points against the Flames in Vancouver, both teams that are trying to tank. Well, he didn't just play the Flames in Vancouver, but I think that's that is an argument when you when you talk about the teams that the, they played against. Yes, sure, that's that's an argument. But he he racked up points against a lot of players. Yeah, sure he did. A lot of teams, rather. Yeah, and if he wins the MVP, I will write my new friend Gary Bettman a letter and say, Gary, this if is they do, this is egregious. I wish that the Colorado Avalanche didn't make the playoffs. And they didn't give it to McKinnon because that would make my point. It's a joke. That's 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 how the media thinks. It's it's just use your brains. Yeah, I mean, don't I don't disagree with you. Don't discipline McDavid just because he's on the Edmonton Oilers. If he deserves the Hart Trophy, give him the Hart Trophy. He's if you not, think he doesn't, then don't give it to him. Most valuable player to his team. Yes, I think he would. If that was the case, he would be that. I guess, but that's not how we interpret the award. That is the, per, the that is the interpretation of the award. No, I think that's the definition of the award. But interpretation. We, the interpretation okay. is like the, who's the most valuable player in terms of their impact uh, and the results of the team. I guess is what, how we would interpret it. I think the I think the definition is how, how they impact the team. The player that has the greatest impact toward his team's efforts. Yeah, and if we actually gave the award away based on that, then it would probably be. You know, based on what you've told us, it would be Carmack McDavid, but it's not that. It's not that. It's I'm not, not that. The not same way where the state. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, so let's get into the Jets here. So the <laughs> Jets, the Jets, and the Atlanta Thrashers. Brian Little finally shook hands in a playoff game where he was moving on to the next round. Didn't he say he didn't know what he was doing? Yeah, he said he just was like, "What? What is happening?" I mean, he was in the playoffs would have been twice and swept both times. <laughs> Didn't even win a game. I, I didn't like that line of. I didn't like that line that I was hearing about the Winnipeg Jets pre-playoffs. Like the, Winnipeg obviously had a great regular season, 114 points, just crazy. And people would say, "Well, first they got to win a playoff game." That was laziness. Yeah, I mean, I mean they it, win the they win the first game and they like they didn't show any any uh, <laughs> jitters at all, and they took care of Minnesota with no trouble. That's just those people should be embarrassed. That's use your that was just an excuse because people don't like Winnipeg. Yep. I mean, it's it, people don't like, like Winnipeg. They don't want them to win. And you're, and you're right. Like, it's easy to say, oh, they got to win a game. Everyone in their, in their right mind knew Winnipeg was not going to get swept by the Minnesota Wild missing Ryan Suter and halfway through the series, Zach Parise. It wasn't going to happen. 
No, that was a good that was a good matchup for Winnipeg. Hey. Yeah, they walked in, they crushed them. Dubnik was terrible the last game, but he was great in other games. Doobie, doobie, doobie. Someone actually made it. Uh, the Jets smoked smoked a doobie on four twenty. That was kind of funny. Oh yeah, doobie, doobie, doo. That's great. Doobie. Anyway, all the best to Devin. Uh, that team needs help. The team needs help. I mean, obviously, if they were healthy, the series would have been a little bit different. I still think the Jets win that in six at least. Like they were, well, they were I, the much better team. Minnesota has so much firepower; it's scary. And I just want to make a quick point about how things can change. Like you have these 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 lines that the media and fans follow for so long, and and I think they're powerful. So, but it can end. The curses can end. Like obviously, the Boston Red Sox are a good example, but the Chicago Blackhawks. Before prior to 2010, they hadn't won a cup for like 50 years. That organization had zilch success. The same thing with the Rangers. Same thing with Detroit. And LA hadn't won a cup since 2012. Winnipeg wins a cup, all of a sudden the curse is over. But prior to a couple, like a week or two ago, that organization in its two incarnations were like, they had zilch success. Yep. And I'm, and I'm with you, Frank, because I hear that all the time. Like, oh, it's been so long since they won. I'm like, yeah, but guys, that can change. Right, like everyone comes back to the Toronto Boston series. We can talk about next. Like, oh, Toronto, they blew a lead to Boston four one, and then Boston moved on. It's like, yeah, that happened, but that has no impact on what's going to happen today. Just because it happened in the past, you know, three or four or five years ago, or even your Red Sox thing about eighty six years without winning, like that can change, and it, it and has no semblance on today. And that and that team was completely different. Completely different, and that that honestly bugs me about reporting where people talk about oh it's it's so ominous and it's never going to change. It's like you guys, you just you're just telling stories because it's easy. It's liberating with when uh, storylines change that are have been has such long roots. How about how about the Chicago Cubs? So it was 108 years. We were all cheering for them. Yeah, I wanted them to win because. Of their long drought, and also with that that guy uh, in the stands who reached over the fence and uh, interfered with the play. That, yeah, the guy the was running out of the, town. Like I, th- I heard his life was ruined because of that. And then there was that um, the Red Sox. I think it was in '86. There was a grounder that went right between this guy's leg. Just a, mm-hmm. the simplest play. He was, yeah, he was burdened by that for years. Yeah, and it's all forgiven now. I mean, probably not. Yeah. but like it's well, it's people, done with. People move on. Yeah. People move on for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I can't even remember my point, but I have something else I wanted to say about that. The Leafs have this hope. Like it's, it seems like the Leafs have already won a cup. That's the funny thing about it. Even though they, their, their burden is still heavy on them. They haven't won since '67, and they, they may not actually win a cup with this core. But honestly, the hockey news. They had this. They proclaimed on the top of the, in the front cover of their uh, prospects magazine, that. The, that the Maple Leafs are going to win a cup in the next few years. They don't know when, but it will happen. It may not happen. <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to sell some, some, sell some hockey news as well because it says my point is My point is good for them that they have turned things around. This is the most hope this organization has ever had. Yeah, the it's, Leafs are good. It's great, but they still, they still need to actually win, and that's not easy. No, it's not easy, especially when you're up against the Boston Bruins. But the thing that the people forget about the Leafs is that they were actually pretty good this year. You know, like, they set a franchise record, which is not easy to do when your franchise is that old, of most points in a season. They're they're a good team, and they actually won the season series against Boston. 
You know, Boston added Rick Nash, who, you know, and I do not like Rick Nash. And I know he's not going to win a cup this year, which is nice. Boston's a better team. I mean, it's, it's, overall, absolutely. And the, the biggest weakness I see about the Leafs is, yeah, they're fast and they have firepower. But when I watch their defense play, it is unimaginably bad at decision-making. They're, they're, they're an opportunistic team, but their best players are uh, 20, 21 years old. And they're not defensively sound at all. No, what, makes pre- them, what makes them so good <laughs> is the fact that they have those veterans like Kadri, who no one likes. Or Marlowe. Or Marlowe or Bozak and Van Riemsdyk, these players that take the matchups. And, <laughs> and, we, and they have a good coach who knows how to protect players. Yeah, I mean... Not, not, not only on the ice, but they wouldn't even let Matthews or those other youngsters even talk to the media for the first year. The biggest thing to me about the Leafs is Frederick Anderson. The oh, guy who sure. takes, takes 40 shots a game and wins, and he stood on his head all year in a lot of games where he shouldn't have won. And he did. And to me, the Leafs win and die on Freddie Anderson. And tonight was a good example. where Tonight, the Leafs won 4-3. They're up 4-1. You know, some bad goals happened. And you know how good the top line of Boston is and how hard they can be in the third period. And, you know, they survive. And they survive because Frederick Anderson faced 45 shots, and they chased Rask in the, in the first period. I think it was first period, maybe second period. But regardless, that team winter dies on him because the Leafs' decor is so brutal when they're forechecked and under pressure. I, I don't think I've seen anything like it before when they just what panic don't, and don't make decisions. What I don't understand is why Toronto or why anybody would give Roman Polak a contract. I remember in that San Jose series, he, he was traded San Jose at the deadline that year. And him and Brandon Dillon, I think that was Dillon's first name, they were completely lit up. In the final, <laughs> I just don't get. It. I don't. I don't get how he has a contract. He's a terrible player. Yeah, and that's where guys like the analytics guy say, "Oh, he's good at this or he's good at that." But no, I think the analytics guy would say this guy's terrible. <clears throat> they need a lot of help. They need a lot of help, and I'm happy for them. And I do agree with the hockey news to an extent that the Leafs will be quite good in a couple of years. Like I look at guys like Mitch Marner. He's a really good player, and obviously Austin Matthews is a good player, and yeah, you know, Hyman I, I, and Brown and Connor, and I guess Connor's really here, big. But here's the thing about the Leafs: is yes, they're managed quite well right now. Yes, they have some top line studs, but I think the most important thing is that they spend more money than anybody. They can spend money on scouting, and they can spend money on. Well, you would. I remember way back you talked about nutrition. This team does not spare a dime, and that's why they'll likely win the cup. And the Maple Leafs, they cheat the system. And they have Lou Lamorello, who's what, got 30 or 40 years what? in the NHL, who has leverage. You're getting all tinfoil hat on me, Frank. What are you talking about? I'm saying that when you have have so much experience man, talking to the NHL, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He knows how... He, he's probably... I don't know this for sure, but he was probably a lawyer at some point. What? He, he knows what he's doing. You haven't given me any examples of what you're talking about. You just well, said like he's been around for a while, that, so he gets what he wants from the NHL. The fact that they bury contracts like Joffrey Lupul, like uh, what was that guy's name, uh, Milan Mahalik, they buried uh, Cowan's contract. They get out of everything. Just it's it's a joke. I think it's, that you have to work on your conspiracy theories a little bit. What do you mean? I just, I just, I just had examples. They put contracts away. Like it's fine. It happens all the time. Like the Vegas has David Clarkson's contract. Who cares? No, they, they, they basically. Did you remember that that Joffrey Lupul? 
He made an Instagram post talking about how Toronto pretended he wasn't healthy said he was injured, and he said, I'm ready to play. But they, they don't want me to play because they obviously don't want to pay him. And no. then the next thing he knows, he says, oh, I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, because, hey, Joffrey, you're an injury bug. Injury bug. No one wants to play you because you're a liability. Are you, you want like, to get paid, you, sit down. You don't want to piss off your brothers? Like, what the heck is going on with you? You should be like, you're right, Nathan. Great point. No, I, can't, I, mean, I can't deny that he said that. If you, if, and if, if, you, true, and if you watch that game tonight... I, I didn't watch much of the game, but I watched the last few minutes. There's 25 seconds left in the third period. And the Leafs, they get kicked out of the, the face-off circle. And then they, they're they just goofing off, hanging out. The, the the linesman should be, like, saying, you should you need to have a guy come take this face-off. The linesman doesn't do anything. Finally, this Leaf player says, timeout, timeout. He makes the signal. And then the linesman, for some reason, ignores him. And then they get the centerman that they want in there, finally. And then, so I, I think. And that's, that's Lou Lavarilla right there. No, I think it's the league wants that wants Toronto to win. You're crazy! You didn't even watch the game, Frank. Did, you're giving did me you, an analysis piece. I'm watching like 30 seconds of a game here, and you're you saying to the, the NHL. Last year, Greg, Greg did you watch the playoffs last year? Yeah, I would have watched some of it. And, and what happened in the playoffs last year on a consistent basis? Yeah, I don't remember. Help you don't me. remember? I'll, I'll I'll help you out. The refs were terrible. It it was not it was comical what was going on. The interference calls that they they called and didn't call on goalies. That Oilers series was what was going on. There was no excuse for what how that playoff was called. They wanted it. It seemed like they wanted certain teams to win. Well, the excuse for a goalie interference is the fact that the, the rule was written weird. Right? It's been going on way before that. Like back when it was Martin Jones was pushing to the nets. Uh, I believe it was Martin and Jones. Maybe it was, maybe it was in the Emmy against the Kings. He made a save, and they ran them in the net with his stick, and the puck went in the net, and they said it's a good goal. It was the a bizarre world last year, Greg. You know it. Okay, but coming to back to your point with the Leafs and Lula Marillo scamming the league, that game tonight, the Leafs were in the box almost the entire game, Frank, and half those calls were questionable. I only watched the last. I know that's right. why I'm like, how can you sit here and tell me that like the league is is in Toronto's favor when you haven't even watched the whole game? It was a bizarre world last 30 seconds, Greg. Yeah, it was weird. Absolutely, it was yeah. weird. But everyone everyone's playing that game. Anyway, I, I don't believe I don't believe for a second that there's a conspiracy. I will agree with you, knowing that the NHL is an old boys club, that people like Lula Amarillo can probably talk his way out of uh, out of a problem. Yep, I can believe that. But these rules are a good example of how the league benefits the rich, and the richest team is Toronto. Rules. And it's a, and and they have, you know, they they've had to vote for the, vote on these things, and and who has bigger voices, who has power, it's the rich clubs. Which they're the rules? Ones that are, they're, they're the ones that are giving money to these poorer clubs like Carolina. Which rules are you talking about? Well, like the rules, like how you could bury contracts gotcha. in the minors. Sure. Yeah, but everyone's trying to get a leg up. I mean, if I was, if I was Phoenix, I would want to do it too. Like Phoenix my point, took Tonger's contract. My point contract. all along, Greg, was that the Leafs, the Leafs have a very bright future, and part of that is the fact that they're, they're strengthening their organization in many ways, and money helps. That was my point. Yeah, and there's two things that I want, I want to make a comment on. Is is the Leafs are kind of like the Oilers, but they have a lot of young talent. And everyone's kind of looking at them and saying, "Oh, this is our chance." The gap, though, is you've got you've got a salary cap. Right, and the Oilers are up against the salary cap pretty quick here with some bad contracts, 
and you look at that and go, oh my goodness, we've missed our window, right? Like there's two there's two parts of that story of, and that's why I love the cap because it's like, okay, Toronto and New York, you can't just buy your way to a cup with with these young no, players. It, it's like you have to it's helpful. Them it's helpful and very important to win a cup pretty early. Yeah, I mean that's that's what Chicago did. That's what Pittsburgh did. That's what Toronto is going to have to do if they want to win on their first wave. But then you have Chicago, they they won on their second and third wave. Yep. So they had, rid, they had to get rid of Bufflund and Versteeg and Boland. And, and them uh, and Pittsburgh, frankly, are great. They got rid, of like, got rid of like half their players, and then they had this second wave of players, and then they won their other cups. Because they figured out faster than anyone else. It was like, wait a minute. If I have some world-class players in Malkin and Crosby and, Ke- and Kane and Taves, I can make this work. If I can surround them with people that can just put the puck in the net, then I'll be fine. And a lot of the, the teams don't have the, that benefit. The Penguins, yeah, of course. But now Chicago has their core, but the rest of their team's a mess because it's, you know, for whatever reason, they obviously haven't been drafting as well. Maybe some decisions didn't work out as well. They lost Marion Hosa. And, and Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh won their first cup on their first wave, and then they struggled for quite a while. Yep. And then and then they won in a way that hadn't no one had ever won before. They, their defense is, was in shambles for both of those cup runs. Prior to that, the... The logic was that you at least need a horse back yeah. there, like Duncan Keith. Or, you need a Clydesdale or a, or a Dowdy because, yeah, it just makes sense. Dowdy won, and then Keith won, and then Dowdy won, and then Keith won, and then Keith won. And it's like, hey, you got to have a horse. And it's like, no, I don't think you do. You just need to be fast well, you, and good. Usually you want to have a good defense, but they, when you have when you have two or three – when you have the two of the best centers in the NHL, two of the top five centers in the NHL, and then you have depth up front and you have the puck all the time, there's not as much pressure on your defense. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that I don't think anyone else has won that way. What I love about the Pens is how fast they are. And like, okay, we're going to put Rust down on the third line. We're just going to let him run. Hey, gonna, I think the gonna... whole the whole NHL has changed like that. I love it. You got to give credit to the teams that are innovative and are ahead of the curve, rather <laughs> than the teams that try to adapt, like the like the Edmonton Oilers. You have Boston and LA's winning, and they have these big teams, right? And then so then L. So then Edmonton's thinking, okay, so we need to uh, we need to get some big fellas. So they get Maroon, and Maroon looked okay there for a little bit. Yeah, he actually lost a lot of weight to get to get in there. And then they sign Lucic, which I don't even want to talk anymore about it. But clearly, that their problem was that they weren't the innovators. They were the resp- they were like four years behind, and they ha- had a slow team. And that's not how the the NHL's played right now. Nope. And the NHL has never been back. more exciting to watch. It's pretty fun when you have some of these teams. Yeah, like, it it's, it's just it's just chaotic. I love it. When I look at a team like Vegas that's built around, you know, we'll, we'll say like four second lines, they're fast, Frank. They're fast. Their defense is chemistry. It's great to watch. We, there's more goals than I've seen in a while, and it's not getting clogged up because the fast guys are winning, and I don't have to worry about fights every game. And that, as you know, it means a lot to me not have to sit back and watch a guy that has no other skill set other than pounding the, the, the tar out of someone take up someone else's opportunity. And now I have like, I have fourth lines that actually score goals. I stumbled upon this documentary on Netflix. I agree with you, Greg. And it was, I think it, I don't know what the data of it was, but it seemed like it was archaic. The, the uh, logic that they were trying to explain that fighting was important to hockey, how it was needed, how you needed the policeman. I, it's, I don't know if it was before the tragic uh, suicides. There was three suicides and a death of Bugard, Belak, and ripping in a year, but yep. it, it seemed like they didn't acknowledge it throughout the first hour. So maybe, maybe it was prior to that. But the point is, is that 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 logic is wrong. 
the the NHL has policed the NHL. You don't need these these scrappers. Now, I, I think that there'd be some people that could still try to argue that that little chippy plays are are going unnoticed, and that uh, players like Crosby or McDavid are taking it worse than they ever had before. But I don't I don't buy it. I think the league is policing this, and you don't need these baboons. Um, policing the game on the ice. The league is done. In a, uh, the, the, the for me, the biggest part about needing needing the baboons is the fact that the NHL had no spine to discipline anyone. Right when it was a penalty in the playoffs, and it was like, oh, that are they going to get suspended? It was like, no, we all know they're going to get a slap on the wrist because people want Dowdy to play. And this year, Dowdy made a questionable hit and got fined and suspended for a game. And Kadri got hit and got suspended for three games. And like, there's suspensions everywhere. And it's like, wait a minute, are you taking notice to protect your players? Finally, because that allows people like Crosby and the speed guys to do their job, and that's what we want to see. We don't want to see the Matt Cooks in the league anymore. Get rid of those guys. And I blame the NHL for not being more effective in making, like, getting their attention to say, listen, Matt Cook, we don't want you here if you're going to play like this. So we're going to suspend you for half the season. You know, and the and the players have adapted. They don't make those hits almost. They rarely make any of those hits anymore. It's great. Yeah, like what was happening in the nineties was crazy, like those hits on Paul Korea and Lindros. Yeah, Scott Stevens taking people's lives away. It's like, yeah, it's fun to watch, but at the end of the day, what like what are we doing here? He should feel some guilt about those. Those were, those were dirty. Yeah, well, once the, once the concussion protocols come out, they're in some deep trouble. So, uh, so you, I mean, you, the Pens are going to beat the Flyers. We know that. Right. Well, I I think it's expected. Brian Elliott's in it. They're not going to beat. Brian Elliott's not going to beat Malkin and Crosby and Kessel. Is Brian Elliott actually playing? He didn't play the game. Uh, Neuver played today. The the fact that the fact that the Flyers won Game Five gives them a chance. These are the these are the best games of the first round. Probably they can be the best games in playoffs. Is when a team's down three two. They've been down three one. They win this game. Anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. I'm, and Pens are gonna are gonna win tomorrow. And, and this actually, this first round has not been that interesting to me because in the no, past it years, it hasn't been as exciting as in the past. In the yeah. past, you got all these upsets. You have, you it's have been crazy, close, right? You have crazy comebacks. We haven't seen a lot of that in this playoff. Which so I'm actually okay for, Frank, because what I want is best on best. So if I get the Preds versus the Wings next round, I and Wings. Prince versus the Jets next round. I'm happy because I see two powerhouses who it's could more easily win the Cup final. Underdogs, yeah, for sure. I want to see exci- best on best. Yeah, it's more exciting than when you have this team that's a random team, um, like say New Jersey got by, um, got by Tampa. Then you have New Jersey versus Pittsburgh. That's that's not exciting. Yeah, they, because they, we know that Pittsburgh is going to run over them. Exactly. It's exciting to see Tampa Bay versus. Pittsburgh in the Eastern Final. Totally. And then in other years, like when New Jersey went to the Cup Final, I was like, oh, like, you know, you actually have to try and be with a straight face telling me that New Jersey is going to beat whoever they're up against. And we know that's not the case. They don't belong yeah. here. And so for me, like the divisional format that they have right now is fun in the sense of, you know, there's rivalries and, you know, LA hates Vegas, whatever, or the Flames hate the Oilers. That, that's cool. But what I want to see is best on best. I want. I would actually love to see one versus sixteen, but I will take one versus eight. Yeah, the problem. The problem with the divisional matchups is the fact that you don't get the best game in the Eastern and Western final, because at that point it seems like there's some sort of upset. So you either get the great, the great games in the first round, or you get them maybe in the second. For like uh, the Pittsburgh versus the Capitals would have been a good matchup at some point. At this point, it's getting kind of old. Pittsburgh always beats. Capitals, but that would be a better Eastern final matchup. 
because they're the best two teams. And then, and then you had last year, you had Ottawa versus the Rangers. I mean, that's that's not a good matchup. No, not at all. Yeah, so this year, I'm excited that the fact that the good teams are moving on, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with one upset, but what I want is kind of like the basketball format, Frank, where the best team in the East is facing the best team in the West, and I get to see a shootout. That'd be great. Now, what would be the ideal Stanley Cup final? Uh, for me this year, Vegas versus Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Flurry versus old team. I didn't think you I really didn't think you were that much of a sellout. I thought you would <laughs> I can't I can't believe it actually. I I thought better of you. I thought you would go with Winnipeg, Vegas. Wow. You're so funny. And, and, and are you wearing a Coors Light shirt too? That's funny. Uh the, the three teams that I'd be okay with would be Greg Greg just drinks Coors Light and cheers for the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the Greg Moore. The real Greg. <laughs> this is the real. This is the Greg Moore that you love so much. Uh, Vegas would be fun, although I'd be I'd be fearful that they would get exposed by uh, the Tampa Bay or the Penguins. Uh, but Winnipeg, I think, could do well. Uh, and then, then obviously the Preds. The Preds. Like those three teams. If one of those three are in the final, I'm happy. My prediction is that either Winnipeg or Nat. I'm not. I'm just going to go with Winnipeg is going to win the Stanley Cup. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, could you imagine? But Didn't the hockey news call it in 2019? They've called it in 2019. Yeah. My gut is so bad. I'm horrible predicting things. But I, I legitimately, that's what I think this year strongly. You've been a poor eater for years, though. I haven't had a, I haven't had a strong... Uh, yeah, I ate a Big Mac today. Oh, man, I just had this craving for a Big Mac. So I went and got two McDoubles like a Mac, and right. it was not good. It was not a good result. But <laughs> if I stay away from that kind of stuff, then I do pretty good. So yeah, flashback really, to 2007, eh? I have a really basic diet. You know, I, I very, very simple things I can stick in the oven. You can put a pork chop in there. You can, you can uh, sear a good steak, throw that in the oven, and and uh, my stomach stays pretty steady. What do you? What's your diet like these days? Do you do you cook? Uh, I do. I'm getting I'm getting to the point now where I'm actually almost fed up with having a poor diet. You know, I eat convenience, whatever it's easy just to make. So I'm starting to do a better job of planning ahead. And making uh, a balanced diet, making sure I get vegetables and, and things like that. But we we came and visited you one time, and you made us a really good salad. Yeah, like I'm, I'm doing a better job at that. But my problem is time, right? I'm a busy guy, and uh, even with a daughter, like things get really busy, and so it's, it's you're always moving on the go. And so I need to do a better job of like, taking Sunday to plan a meal and going ahead like that. But I want to get back, Frank, to the Jets, though, just real quick, <laughs> because the Jets are are deep. Everyone talks about how deep the Jets are, and one thing that the Jets do really well is they draft well. Like, what's the problem with all these other teams that can't put a franchise together? Like, do the Jets have something that no one else does in terms of, like, the fact that they can see decent players and just draft them? Because people have talked about how good the Jets have been forever, that they're not a cap team. And if you're right and they go to the Cup Final and they win, win the Stanley Cup, it's going to create, like, an earthquake across the NHL to be like, wait a minute, we've been spending money on all these players. Maybe we don't need to do that. We've got Winnipeg potentially going to the Cup final. Definitely, definitely having a shot. If they lose to if they lose to Nashville, then 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 you know then so be it. But yeah, they, they, they should be in the West. They could easily be in the West final. Okay. Now you've got you on the other side of it. You've got Vegas that could easily be in the West final as well. Like they've got a they've got a task against the Sharks, but they can beat the Sharks. It could go either way. So both these West Final games uh, could end up with Vegas versus the Jets, two teams that don't spend any money. I think that the Jets 
I think you're a little bit wrong about the Jets. So they have spent money, but they've spent it wisely. They re-signed Bufflin. They re-signed Little. They cut loose on Ladd. That was smart. They, they've they drafted very well. You get a guy like Connor in the middle of the first round. Ehlers in the middle of the first round. And they lucked out with Liney. Let's be serious. It's it's drafting. It's patience. Yes, they got a superstar in Liney, but he's not their entire team. That team is absolutely stacked, and they're they're deep on defense. But why doesn't Connor, it happen more often? Is my question. Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck is the opposite of what they had last year. Hellebuck played some games last year, but their goaltending was way below league average. It was suspect. He's a Vesna, he's a Vesna candidate. He's great. They everything's working out for them this year. They're big. They're a big team. They're tough. They're fast. I think they're the whole package. Yeah, big and fast is something you don't get to stay very often, hey? You're either big or you're fast. And these guys are – they're both. And, yeah, and they got lining. When you have a, a natural scorer like that, that doesn't do any harm. So what is it? Why are the Jets better than everyone else at drafting? Well, I think that there's other teams that can draft well as – do well as I, – I think – why are they good at drafting? Good question. Sheldon, uh, who is my source – Reese's Pieces. Po- yeah, he's my he's my source. I believe most things he says because Sheldon when Reese. I, when I question a, him, uh, I, when I question him. I just end up looking stupid. But he said that he ran into their GM Shevel Dayoff at I think it was an airport or somewhere in Saskatoon, and he had a copy of the Hockey News draft preview. So maybe he just follows what the he just follows what the Hockey News has to say and, and doesn't overthink it. Did he ask him anything? Uh, no, I think he just looked at him from afar. That's funny because you know who overthinks it is the Bruins. The Bruins overthink it, and meanwhile, they've got a chance to go to the Cup final this year too. They may overthink it, but they still had some good picks. But they drafted uh, that young D man. What's his name? Um, Krug. No, McElrenny or something. Not. No, I'm not sure it's McElrenny, Frank. McElroy. Anyway, he's he's a big. He's been playing with uh, Zidane Char all year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And they got Pasternak, like, 20th overall. They've actually been drafting quite well also. Yeah, I mean, they, they recently, but in, in years prior, not so much. I think, actually, Chara is a liability out there. I'll be honest. He's slow. Yeah, he's big, but I've watched him with these Leafs kids just get burnt. Just get burned with them, just blowing past them. And I'm like, oh, well, he's okay. Not, he's, not the, he's not the player he once was. No, but... and that's why I don't think that they win the Cup. Because even if they get past the Leafs, uh, and they should – but I'm, I think Boston, I think Boston looks really good. But I think they lose to Tampa. I honestly do. I think I think Boston can uh, can compete with Tampa. I think it could go either way. And so My, and so with I that, think, like Tampa Bay moved it's on. Either, I think it's either Boston or Tampa coming out of the. You're East. crazy. That's what I think. I mean, that's like that's an easy guess, right? Like one of those two. Uh, I pick Tampa. I think they're a better team. I think Boston's emotional. And uh, the way they play, I just don't. I just don't think it adds up. You hate. You hate, you hate Boston. And uh, in full disclosure, I loathe Boston. If any team other than the Boston Bruins wins the cup, I'm a happy guy. That's the truth. Think, you know that. You know what I was thinking about is the fact that Columbus has never won a playoff series, and uh, they may blow it here against blow uh, against, it uh, against Washington. Well, I mean, they played well today. Uh, Washington apparently has played out well in other games. Columbus is good. In Washington, a tough round matchup. It's Columbus. Pittsburgh, Washington, like that's not an easy setup in any sense of the word. Like to be a, a wild card in that, like that kind of sucks. No one can get by Pittsburgh. Washington's not going to get by Pittsburgh. No, like you know, Pittsburgh has a chance, legitimately, Frank, to go to the Cup final again because that's what they do. Matt Murray is great. Latang is actually healthy this year. Ooh, that's strange. And 
you still have Malkin and Crosby and Kessel and everyone else that they're surrounded with, the Gensels and the rest, and like they did, can just score goals. Uh, yeah, but they have also needed some, you know, bounces, luck, and some, at some point it just doesn't work out for you, right? right? As I as I said, they they played in Game Seven against the Ottawa Senators, and they, you know, they, Ottawa could have thrown a weird shot on net and, and went to the Cup final. I don't see. Okay, so I mean, if you're listening to this, Tampa Bay has beat New Jersey in four games to one. Like that was an easy series. No one was a factor there. Uh, we knew that wasn't going to be the case. That Tampa Bay was going to roll past them. Uh, Jersey won their first game at home. So Tampa's moved on. Uh, Leafs won tonight. They're going to be playing uh, game six back in Toronto. Uh, Cadre's back. Bergeron's back. It was a, it was a best on best tonight, and uh, the Leafs burnt them at home which is crazy. So the Leafs are going, sorry, the Leafs burnt Boston in Boston's barn, the TD Gardens. Boston outshot them. They got like 40, what were the shots? 40. It was crazy. Rask had a bad game. 42 to 18. Yeah, Rask had a bad game and Anderson was great, but Anderson is is usually great. Uh, Rask isn't usually bad, but Rask isn't who he was either. And that's why I'm like, I just don't believe in Boston. You just because you hate them, and I hate the, I, I hate Boston, and I will never believe in them. Uh, okay, so and then the last series we have is, is Caps Columbus, which is actually I think one of the best series out there. They've gone the overtime I think four times out of five games. That's been such an even series. It's stressful because I part of me still is just so frustrated that the Washington Capitals have never got out of the second round. It just it it makes me sick inside because I I don't want to cheer for them. I don't even want to look because I'm. I'm seeing them blow it again, right? They they'll go up three two on Pittsburgh. It's it doesn't matter. They'll end up losing. You know it's like Frank. It's like when this is reminds Jets me of the really time they the Sharks. Well, the Jets were really good in the '80s, and the Oilers were better, right? And so the Jets don't get any credit in the '80s when they were good, had great teams because the Oilers were better. People That's remember the Oilers. Point. It's the same thing. Vetchkin is still has actually said that he's he's complained several times. He says. Well, we had to play Pittsburgh in the second round. He says, just bad luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like, probably knows. He knows that they've been a better team. And Ovechkin, can we just have a small caveat here to say he is the greatest goal scorer of all time? I agree. I mean, he's scored 600-plus goals and just under th- or just over 1,000 games. It kills me that he in, didn't get 50 in, this year. He in, got 49. In, in, in a league that <clears throat> doesn't score near as much. And I, it also bugs me. For some reason, my when I type in TSN, it goes to his player profile. Because <laughs> yeah, you're a huge homer for him. You've been a homer for him for years. So it's reminding me like every day that he only had 49 goals. It kills me. Just I, give him one more empty in or something. I love I love those numbers. I wanted him to get to 50. I, wa- I wanted as many players to get to 100 points as possible. So it felt great that uh, Giroux had a 100-point season. That's cool. Giroux made 100 yeah. points? Where have I been? Hit 102 points. Crazy. And uh, Tampa Bay's Kucherov had 100. Yeah, so 300 point scores. Malkin 98, McKinnon 97. I think it's I think it's cool. It's a couple great of years for, it, ago. Well, it's great for the league. Yeah, it's first time in, yeah, a, in a long time. A few years ago, uh, Jamie Benn led the league in scoring. He had 87 points. Yeah, that, that bugged me. Yeah, and I think it's a good shift. It's a good shift. It, it talks about the league's shift to speed. It's better hockey. It's easier to watch. And, yeah, people talk about the playoffs being more physical, and they are. But they're physical this year in the sense of, yeah, like people are throwing checks once in a while, but speed is still king. Speed and skill, and they're being rewarded for it. And the product on the ice has never been better as far as I'm concerned. 
it's it's skill that wins championships now and speed. Yep. The funny thing is, in way back in 2010, Chicago won a cup based on that premise, and same with Pittsburgh the year prior. But then, and then people got kind of distracted by the Boston and the LA story of uh, cup winners that had big bodies. It's funny how things can shift like that. Like, oh wow, Boston won with with size and game seven refs. Oh, we'll just do that, right? And honestly, LA won that first cup. They won it on the back of uh, Quick. He was so good. Yeah, he was unbeatable, unbeatable. And, and sec- it sucks to go sec- up against a goalie. You know that he might not lose. He's a good goalie, and that that that's sometimes how a series can go. Is the better goaltender can can just steal a series. Sure, like Flurry, Flurry was the better goaltender than Quick in this one, but I think almost almost gone are the days now of goaltenders that can actually like defeat you single handedly. Well, that, Do you I, agree? I mean, I, I think I think it's more so usually built on stronger defenses. But like I quick, think, quick back in the day, could be down three nothing, and you know that if quick comes around, you can't beat him. It right? happened. Yeah. And and nowadays it's like, like quick, you're human. Rask, you're human. Like I don't actually see even Carey Price, who I think is the best goalie in the league, is like he's beatable. I think most goalies in the NHL are are around the same skill level, and there's a few elite goalies. Lundqvist is one of those goalies. Was one of those goalies that can that can turn it on. Was one of those goalies. Okay, Past sure, it was was sure, but the point is, is that most there's there's about 50, there's probably about twenty goalies that are all all the same skill level, and if you have a good defense in front of in front of these goaltenders, that's the difference. Yeah, you just need a, a good enough goalie, and I'm again, Frank, I'm going to go back to Pittsburgh and say you don't even need a good defense. You just need to have the puck most yep. of the time. <laughs> and I mean, look Pittsburgh at look at a team like Vegas again. They're fast. Their defense is reasonable, but their their offense. They know how to score. They're fast. They have great chemistry, but they backcheck all the time. Their their forwards are defensively minded. Like William Carlson scored six goals last year, scored forty four this year. I think it was. Well, and, let's talk if they make the Western Final, and you're going to cheer for them over Winnipeg for for serious. Uh, honestly, Frank, I will tell you when I get there. It's oh going to be really goodness. hard. Hold on, it's going to be really hard for me to cheer against the Atlanta Thrashers, having been that long as I can. But there'll be a special place for me for the Vegas Golden Knights, given through what I've been through this year. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. No, and here's the thing, though. We talked about the Ramblers earlier on in, the, in this in this podcast about how we bonded with that team because we felt like we knew them. For the first time in my life, I actually feel like I actually know a hockey team that goes beyond me just cheering for players that are stats. And I feel like I've looked these guys in the eye and spent time with them and laughed with them and joked with them. And I actually feel like I know them better than I have. And that changes how I watch the games. So you're cheering for your buddies. And that's, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels undeniable to me to be like, wait a minute. I know some of these guys now and I want them to succeed. That's understandable. And so when I watch, if it's Jets versus, uh, versus Golden Knights, and I hope it is because then I have a good team going to the, the, the cup final regardless, I will be, it'll, it'll be hard for me. And I actually look forward to seeing what my heart decides to cheer for in that. But that's what it was. That's what it reminded me of being in that room and joking around with Brady McNabb and, and Miller and and uh, and Schmitty and things like that. I was like, wait a minute. This reminds me of the Ramblers because when I watched them play, when I went home, uh, I got home on Friday, on th- Thursday night, and I, when I watched them play Friday night, I was like, everything's different now because they're no longer just players. They're no longer just names and stats and, and histories. I'm like, I know these guys, and I've laughed with them, and we've shared stories, and now – uh, they, 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 it almost felt like they were 
like the Ramblers is what it reminded me of, which changes everything for me. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's how I would so describe you, it. So you're going to get another another jersey. I already have one. Yeah, and you're going to go down there and maybe, uh, you know, hang I've out got again a, with I've those got buddies. I've got a, a white Jets jersey and a white Vegas jersey. Oh, so you got to watch them on the road. Yeah, I bought mine for when I went to Vegas. Oh, when I went oh, to L.A., sorry. Gotcha. But I wore it in Vegas. Sweet. So. Well, well, I, I mean, you made a good argument. I think I figure you would appreciate that, and that's I mean that's a reality. The, the thing about the whole Vegas thing is that you know people think it's flashy, it's Vegas, it's whatever it is. Who cares? But when you actually dig down to the roots of it, it adds up. It's there. Like the people are cool. It's local for them. They get it. They have fun, and they're good players. My problem is, as I said before, it feels like it's like a fake organization that has like it almost seems like a joke to me. It's like the Ottawa Red Blacks. But why though? Well, because they, they, they have zero history and they go immediately to the playoffs. I can't get behind that. But that's, can't you get behind the fact bug, that, Frank, that, that bugs me. no one on this team was protected? Not one of these players was said, hey, we want to keep you. They were all exposed. No, all some, of them, some of them, their, their teams would have loved to protect them. But they but couldn't. They, they couldn't. They couldn't. And if they, they want to protect them, they could have. So they said that you're actually not good enough for us to keep. And so these players get together and say, you know what, guys? No one wanted us. And this, we're like the, we're like the rag shag, we're like the 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 bad news bears, and no one wants us, and or the sandlot or whatever. And so why don't we just go out there and play for each other? And that's all they had was each other. And they're still doing that. And I think that story is beautiful. And I'm not gonna get lost in the fact that there's no history there, or there's no cap, or whatever it was. I'm like these guys are the best underdogs that I know because no one believed in them. I don't believe in them. I know no one does. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I I already made my point. I don't I don't like the fact that they feel like they're a cartoon team. It's because you don't get it. And that's yeah, the problem well, with the NHL. The, the NHL is way too traditional, and it's you why. If in, you wouldn't have done that, if you wouldn't have done that lame lame video in front of the apartment building, then I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. You would you would still have a problem with it, but I feel, feel like the video hurts you even more though. Yeah, that video was was wasn't good. You weren't happy about that. No, I was really embarrassed by that. Do you, want to take some more, do you want to take some more time? I did, I did, get I did, off your I chest? Think, I didn't think that that was very uh, sincere, that's for sure. You can take some things off your chest and, and just keep going if you want. Well, I just, I just, it just looked like you're saying, hey, Internet, pay attention to us. We want to be famous. I told you the story. It was for the VP yeah. of comms. The fact that other people liked it was a bonus. I, don't, I just don't believe you. Wow. Like, it's not, it's not, it might use you call me a liar. Well, I, I yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's going to be tough to edit out, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, so, cup final, who do you got? I have Winnipeg versus... Uh, who did I have in the East? I think you had Tampa, didn't you? Or Boston. I think either Tampa or Boston. You got to pick one. You well, can't pick I'm both. Going, I'm going with... Uh, Boston. Get lost. Are you serious? Yeah. Pound Boston. sand, weirdo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to say, oof, there's a lot of things I could pick here. On the East, like I'm going to pick. You're, you're struggling as much as I did. I'm going to pick the Pens in the East again. Oh, my goodness. Because why not? And in the West, like my gap here, Frank, is I've never seen, uh, I haven't seen, the, the, the Knights play the Jets. So I don't know how that works. But 
I'm going to pick the whoever comes. I'm going to pick the Knights. <laughs> the Knights. And here's why I'm going to pick the Knights because I don't think whoever comes out of Nashville, Winnipeg, is healthy. That's my. That's what I'm picking. Whoever comes out, I'm picking the Knights. I'm picking the Knights to beat the Sharks, but I don't. I don't see Nashville or the Jets coming out of that series, which is going to go at least six games. We think, right? At least six I, games. There's Nashville, no one that comes out. You don't Nashville know. Nashville and uh, Nashville and Winnipeg. Yeah, I think that goes six games. At least six games, and it's going to be a violent, aggressive series. And I just can't see whoever comes out of that uh, being healthy. And uh, that, unfortunately, like I hate that. Right? I hate when you're playing a team that's not healthy because it's 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 poor. Um, I give the advantage to the Jets because they're deeper. But I just, yeah. If it, if if even those teams are healthy coming out of that, then they win. They go to the couple. The, adva- the advantage that San Jose and uh, San Jose and um, the Vegas has is they both swept the first round, so they're yep. as healthy as they can be. Yeah, they're at healthy. This point. The rest of them week off. And I would argue neither of them are really that physical, right? Like they're no, both, you're right. They're both skillful teams, so there's a good chance that you know, I mean, yeah, they can both throw their way around because it's the playoffs. But both those teams have come out, I think, relatively unscathed versus. You've got two grinder teams that aren't scared to throw the like Patrick Laine is laying people out, and the Jets lost I think two or three people like you know for a game or two here or there during their first rounds against the Minnesota I, Wild. So, and you think Pittsburgh gets by Columbus or Washington, and then you think Pittsburgh beats Tampa Bay yeah. or Boston? Yeah, I do. Oh man, they can't eat three years in a row. That's crazy. And then who wins, Pittsburgh or Vegas? I think I think if it's Pittsburgh, Vegas, Pittsburgh wins. Oh, that'd be so lame. Three cups in a row. I didn't think they'd win two. No, I think it's awesome, Frank. And I'm like, I mean, whatever. Who cares? But I think it's cool to have a team dominate like that, especially in the NHL. I've had that logic before, but I don't, I don't feel that way. About it's Pittsburgh. definitely not logic. It's emotion. No, but I'm, I've, I've, like, I, as I said, I, I like dominance. I like when a player scores fifty goals or hundred. Yeah. Points. So why don't you like when a team just can't be beat? Well, I do sometimes, but no, I don't think I do like that. Like, think about the NBA and Gold State Warriors. I don't want them to win every year. They didn't. But, LeBron but I wouldn't mind if here. I wouldn't mind if LeBron James won a whole bunch of championships. Now, this year's the Raps are going to win this year. That's what we want to cheer for. Yeah, they. I don't know if the, the Cavaliers will get past the first round. Yeah, I hope they don't. We can't talk about the NBA. This is an NHL podcast. Anyway, is there anything else you want to cover off here? No, I think we should shut it down. We've been going for about ninety minutes. This is a record for us. Yeah. People are definitely not going to want to listen to this whole thing. It's not for them. It's for you, and it's for me. Oh, good point. Right? We, get, we This yeah. is the first time we've hung out like this in a long time. We've had some good hockey chats. Yeah. I mean, you've made fun of my my, my livelihood. you made yeah. fun of my friends and my, my lifestyle. What friends? Oh, and, the uh, Vegas Gold Knights. And, well, my friend Justin, you made fun of him. I think you left my I family out of this one, when, which is when nice. When did I make so. fun of Justin? I mean, you know, he was in there. <laughs> So I mean I think it's uh, I think you piled on enough. I need to breathe on my own here. So yeah, and we're still friends after all this. Well, I'm mean, still debating it, but you never you never dump me yet, even though I say these things on to you on a regular basis. Yeah, I know your heart. I know your heart deep down. So I appreciate I appreciate that. Okay, that's all for us. Thank you, know, you for listening. You know to I'm the, a broken man, Greg. <laughs> You're a simple kind of man. This is the this is the podcast. With Frank and Greg, we're back. We're back, baby. We'll see you soon. Peace out.